is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. I've been down the Mississippi, down through New Orleans. Yes, I have. I've played in California. There ain't too much I haven't seen. We're back on the Tom Dupree Show, hour number two. We got Mike Johnson and Mr. Guy Huglet. Hey! Morning. Hey! Uh, hey! <laughs> I remember what you got me good for leaving you off before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't introduce you. I always do now. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's it's nice to be included. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's nice, too. Um we're kind of doing an ongoing lesson, if you will, about uh, investing. And today we're going to talk about dividends Yep. and what they are, why they're important, what's the uh, mechanics of mechanics, it, mm-hmm. um, where do they come from, that kind of thing. So this is, this is part of the Back to Basics uh, series. I mean, it's it's... We're in this stuff every day, all day, and it, it's easy sometimes to gloss over things or make an assumption that people know exactly what we're talking sure. about. And so the whole point of this series is to really, like like in sports, you know, take it back to the basics. Go back, make sure that you know uh, everything's fully explained foundational types of uh the fundamentals the fundamentals so um this one's about dividends so what first off what is a dividend um a dividend uh is a payment made by a corporation to its shareholders and i'm reading the definition here usually as a distribution of profits when a corporation earns a profit or a surplus the corporation's able to reinvest the profit in the business and or pay a portion of the profit to a dividend as to the shareholders. So basically, it's the earnings of a company that they the company has an option. They can either when they when they make a profit, they can either reinvest it back in the business, pay it out to the shareholders, or a combination of the two. So right. typically, um, companies that pay dividends are more mature companies a more mature business because uh they either don't have the need for all the the uh, capital expenditures that go into developing a new business um uh, and it's so it's a more typically an older more mature type of business that pays a dividend throwing off cash it's throwing off cash another key component um and there's a, a lot of time <clears throat> people, investors are familiar with growth investing. You buy a stock at 10, it goes to 12, boom, that's your profit, that's your growth. Yeah. They're not as uh, familiar with how dividends work. Um, so let's say, for example, uh, you have uh, XYZ company and they pay a dollar a share in dividends. <clears throat> Most of the time, these are quarterly payments. Most U.S. companies pay quarterly dividends. So in this example, you have, let's say you have 100 shares of XYZ company, 
pays a dollar a share a year. So that's a hundred dollars a year that you're getting paid or $25 a quarter. Right. So a dividend is allocated as a fixed amount per share. Um, and so the, the shareholders receive the dividend in proportion to their share. And it has to be declared. It's not paid as a matter of course, like a bond payment, right? A dividend has to be declared every quarter and, they cannot declare it. Right. Who, who declares it, Tom? The board. The board of directors. Right. Correct. And that's a good point, Tom, because on uh, with bonds, it's a semi-annual. Every six months, you get whatever the coupon payment yeah, that's that, stated on the bond. That is by indenture. Yep. A bond payment is part of the indenture. If the bond does not pay, it is in technical default. Right. Um, which means that everything is in default the bond the payment the whole nine yards and that sets off a series of legal actions where you have to go recover your principal right with a stock it's not true they can skip the dividend if they want to and it's fine right well it's not fine but yeah (laughs) it's fine from a financial point of view right right so the dividend is declared x dollars per share that you own so what's the relationship between a stock's price and its dividend? Um, they are kind of cousins to one another. Um, they can impact, but just because a stock price goes down doesn't mean the dividend goes down. Just because a dividend goes up doesn't necessarily mean the stock price goes up. So they are independent of each other in that sense. Um, now, a stock's price fluctuates daily, intraday. Yep. So throughout the day, people are buying, selling. There's a market going on. So they're speculating on different aspects of the stock, and that's the stock price movement. Um, this can be related to company specifics. Supply and demand, purely. Supply and demand. Now, when you say purely, elaborate on that, please. Well, if you look at it, a market being made in stocks, okay. You have the bid side and the ask side. So the bid side is how many people want to buy the stock at any given time and what they're willing to pay. The ask side is who's offering the the stock and what price they will offer it for. Or accept. Accept. And the the price of the stock that where it trades is a pure it's, it's a pure function of supply and demand at any given moment in time. Love it has nothing to do with what the company's doing or not doing. It can be affected by that. Right. But it's always about who's got it, who wants it, what do they want to pay for it. They want to pay for it. Right. Yeah. So, and, and people a lot of times forget that, that Markets are, are driven purely by supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the thing that I wanted to bring up about that is the fact that now, today, the information overload drives that market even more. Well, yeah. You're talking about the, like transparency? supply and demand, yeah. I mean, just there's so much information available right. to the buyer and the seller, right. which causes it to be more volatile yeah it causes a knee-jerk reaction when information used to travel more slowly well a lot of it's done by machine now and it's done so quickly that it's um you don't even know it's happening right a a lot of the trading is is automatic and it's being done by algorithms right and what's what is and once again back to the basics i know like etfs are that's one of the vehicles that that does the auto, is that right? That does uh, the automation. Well, or? no the the ETF is a, a fund that yeah, people fund. invest in, but the ETF can use automation inside of that to mimic an index. Yeah, because we're it, getting away from the dividends. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's algorithm, but but anyway. So, what automation are you talking about? Computers. Yeah. I, oh my brother, I give me a break. <laughs> well, yeah, computers. Yeah. They <laughs> so, so some of these some of these computer trading things they're they're looking for discrepancies in price, and so it might be fractions, you know, minuscule pennies, you know, just very very slight discrepancies, and they're able to react literally, you know, 
as you know, speed of sound kind of thing. They they're putting in thousands of trades to try to take advantage of these discrepancies in pricing. But those don't have anything to do with the dividend, right? That correct. It's so, a separate so, uh, business altogether. That's purely on share price. Yeah. So they're trying to uh, take advantage of share price discrepancies. We don't mind that that's out there. I mean, that's that's part of the market. I mean, that's that is a a small sliver of the market that's trying to do this. But what it can do is move share prices. Pretty violently, yeah. Uh, we, we, yes. we we saw it uh, a couple years ago. I mean, it's happened in the last five years. You know, there's been probably two flash crashes, mm-hmm. and the flash crashes are started by these these computerized trading systems. And because what it does, it it hits a price, and the computer says sell, and it hits another price, the computer says yeah. sell, and it's a steamroll effect, and it's just this. It's a flash crash. You know, just a boom, 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 boom goes down, and then the fundamentals kick back in people are like well, why is this going down and then you start seeing uh, with the supply and demand more people buying and That's the price right. goes back up let's take a break here it is the tom dupree show it's news radio 630 wlap i have been diagnosed with advanced lung cancer i love you <laughs> thank you very much our love i love you and prayers thank you for rush I love you so much. Hi, this is Tom Dupree of Dupree Financial Group. Frequently, I hear from people I meet that say, oh, I've heard you on the radio, and I've been planning to set an appointment with you. Let me say to all of you to whom this applies, call us now. There are several good things that happen when you set an appointment with us, but the main one is that you're no longer in the dark about your finances. We give you lots of information about your accounts, completely free and without obligation. Also, we let you know in no uncertain terms if we think you are on a good track for retirement or not. We are a candid guide to all of our clients and prospects. We tell you the truth. For a free, no-obligation review of your retirement investments, call us at Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturdays at 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 630 WLAP. God knows I love Back on the Tom Dupree Show with Mike Johnson, Elizabeth Dupree, and Guy Huglet. Um, Mike, keep going. So back on the relation of a dividend to a company's share price. Um, the dividend's declared per share. So if you have a drop in the price, be it from something going on with most recently coronavirus or something with interest rates or there's something with a computerized trading thing that impacts the stock price, that doesn't necessarily impact the dividend. Mm -hmm. Because remember, the dividend comes from the earnings of a company, so the underlying business. It's a more um, uh, direct form of the earnings of the company. Yeah. Um, There's... Two, well, I'll start with one company. That's um, a great example of this, um, Illinois Tool Works. So going back to the year 2000, <clears throat> if you graph out what the share price of Illinois Tool Works has been, it's been a general line up, meaning yep. the share price has gone up over that time. Right. But if you zoom in on any particular period, you're going to see peaks and valleys. That's the volatility. That's the day-to-day trading. But if you look at their dividend since the year 2000, it's just this consistent stair step up. You know, right. so share price up, dividend. You know, uh, stair step up, share price down, dividend stair step up. Up. So it's it's a consistent dividend increasing company. They consistently yeah. have done that for over 50 years. Actually, that they've done this. Um, Explain a little bit about what they do. It's an amazing company. Um, they've kind of streamlined the business in the last three or four years, but they have seven main divisions. Um, 
uh, everything from uh, specialty chemicals, food and beverage, uh, welding. Um, they have a couple, a few retail brands, um, Rain-X, uh, Black Magic Tire Shine. That's a couple of theirs. Um, but it's 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 a diversified industrial company. Um, and because it's diversified, because of the business, the underlying business, it's a very consistent business. So they're able to allocate capital uh, efficiently. They know where to put the money. They're very, they're, we, we, we met with them uh, a few years back. Uh, we've talked to them since then, but we met with them in person. The way that they do their budgeting for each of the divisions is, you know, phenomenal. They're very efficient on where they deploy their cash because they're, uh, they don't want to risk having to cut their dividend because of a misallocation of capital. Uh, as companies pay their dividends longer and longer and longer, they're going to be more and more, uh, resistant to cutting that dividend. Um, and that's part of the reason, you know, it, it, Part of it is a desire to continue on the management of, of the dividend, um, but it's it's self-serving. So it, it's a symbiotic relationship here. If they cut the dividend, the share price drops. Um, if they continue paying the dividend, people are relying on that. Um, that's why it becomes part of their fixed income portfolio, even though it's not a fixed income right. uh, security. It becomes like a bond to them. Right, exactly. Um, another one um, – that's similar to this is old republic uh which is an insurance company similar thing you know they've just consistently raised their dividend over time um so when you're investing in a company like this um it's a, a dividend growth investing so um let's say you're not in retirement yet and you're reinvesting these dividends like i said if you zoom in on any period on ITW, you're going to have peaks and valleys on the share price. If you're reinvesting that quarterly dividend, if the share price happens to be down, you're buying more shares when the share price is down. So your your dollar cost averaging just from the ongoing compounding of the dividends. Yeah, one of the things we talk a lot about on this show, Philip loves to tell the story, is the real estate analogy to dividends mm-hmm. yeah. and I'll just bring it up again for the listeners who haven't heard it but dividends are no different than investing in a piece of rental property so you buy a piece of real estate and you put a little capital into that real fix it up and then you put it out for rent well over a long period of time you generate rental income which you know is prosperous for you but during that time you're not focused that much on the appreciating value of your property, although you know it is. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happens with dividend investing or value investing. You know, you're focused more on the dividend, the income that you're going to receive, that benefit, with hope that the price will appreciate over a long period of time. But when the market starts moving, becoming volatile, as we say, it doesn't really matter that much as long as that dividend is consistent right You're still right. continuing to collect exactly rent, et cetera. <clears throat> and you, you mentioned something there you said dividend investing or value investing and it, it's it's interesting the relationship between the two um a value stock doesn't necessarily mean that it's a dividend payer and and just because it's a dividend payer doesn't necessarily mean it's a value stock it, it's interesting how those two fit together typically um value investing does lead to more dividend payers just because value is typically uh, a more mature type of company right but they not as high p right and so they but they don't necessarily go hand in hand because as a value investor there are dividend paying stocks out there that are very expensive Mm -hmm. uh, because people are paying you know just to use itw um people are paying a premium for that consistent dividend payment yeah um so it's interesting how those two go hand in hand and i think that's that's one that we'll touch on uh in this series is is value you know and what create what defines a stock as a value stock Mm -hmm. um but um 
So back on uh, the share price uh, versus uh, the the dividend, people also you when you look at a stock, you see that it has a five percent yield, right. or something like yeah. that. That's where you you're making a relationship between the share price and the current dividend payment. Yeah. So the the current yield of a stock is determined by what the price of the stock is and what it's paying dollar terms in dividends. So if you have a $100 stock that's paying a $5 dividend has a 5% yield okay. to the stock. Yeah. Um, if, and let's, let's say it was Illinois Tool Works, um, with a consistent dividend payer, if the share price went to $75 a share, but it was still paying $5 in dividends, then the yield would be, what would that be, 6-something, 7%, something right. like that. It would be higher. The current yield would be higher than 5% because the share price is lower. So to actually calculate yield, you take the dividend divided by the share, share price. price. Right. Exactly. Okay. Get the percentage number. Okay. Right. So and It's a current yield. It's not a yield to maturity like a bond. Right. It's a current yield just based on price and dividend and and current yield um is what our clients are looking for because right. current yield equals how much is going into your pocket That's right. um some people quote uh, it's called yield on cost which is let's say you bought illinois Toolworks 10 years ago at a lower price and the price has gone up but you're saying well the yield that i was earning based on my cost basis, what I paid for it, and what the dividend is today is 8%. Yeah. But that doesn't really translate to today what you're right. getting paid because you could have a yield on cost of 8%, but the current yield's 2%. Yeah. Well, shoot, you can get <laughs> yeah. you can go into a bond fund and get 2% sure. with less risk. So. And we're, we'll bring it back to <laughs> back to the basics, but we're we're concerned with current yield with our clients' portfolios because that takes into account how much risk you're taking to get that yield. Yeah. Um, but again, looking ten thousand foot view, people forget how much the dividends actually make up of total return right. in the market. You know, going back to 1930 so from 1930 to 2018 um, dividends made up 43 percent of the S&P 500's wow. total return that's 43 percent that's almost half yeah yeah and it, it, <clears throat> I've said this on here before but it, it it's it's amazing anytime we're sitting down with a client in a review mm -hmm. and if it's a client that's been with us for a while we show what the total return has been which is price appreciation plus dividends. And then we break it out and say, of that total return, this is what the dividends yeah. have made, have been part of that. And they always like, wow. Wow. You know, because it, it, it's, yeah. it's just this silent thing that's running in the background. And it's so easy to overlook or forget about it. It's the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WAP. From iHeartRadio, number one for podcasts, Family Secrets. Family Secrets. It turns out that just about everyone has them, which accounts for the incredible outpouring of community and sharing of these stories that's happening as a result of my podcast, Family Secrets. I hope you'll join us for some incredible conversations about family, identity, and what happens to both when the secrets that have been kept from us finally come to light. What are you doing to better yourself and your community? Where do you go to find meaningful networking opportunities? At Commerce Lexington's Emerge Conference on March 4th at the Lexington Center, you'll find all that and more. This award-winning full-day conference is jam-packed with great keynote speakers, breakout sessions, and opportunities to connect with other emerging leaders and entrepreneurs. For a detailed agenda and registration information, visit EmergeLexington.com. We'll see you at Emerge on March 4th. Battery power made by steel. From trimmers and mowers to chainsaws and blowers, steel battery tools are exactly what you need to tackle your to-do list. 
Whether you need to maintain your yard or completely transform your landscape, battery power made by steel. Steel is not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot, always at a local steel dealer. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. Lowe's and the Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. American passengers stranded and under quarantine on a cruise ship off the coast of Japan. It comes as more passengers test positive on board. ABC's Maggie Ruley is in Yokohama. All Americans who show no symptoms and want to leave will be flown back to the U.S. where they'll undergo another two weeks of quarantine. U.S. authorities say the more than 23 Americans who already tested positive for the virus will continue their treatment in Japan. The death toll rising again, more than 1,500 deaths in mainland China from the coronavirus. The U.S. and Taliban say they've agreed to a temporary truce, with the Taliban committing to a reduction of violence. If it holds, it could lead to a final peace agreement and withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan after an 18-year conflict. In Chicago, it's NBA All-Star Weekend at the United Center. Along with competition, there are tributes for Kobe Bryant and his daughter. Former President Barack Obama also making a surprise appearance. I'm Michelle Franz in ABC News. Weekend continues to feature a mix of sun and clouds. Four-hour Saturday temperatures rebounding very nicely into the 40s for the most part this afternoon. Heading into your Sunday to put the wraps on the weekend, we'll see a mix of sun and clouds. A little more cloud cover, though, into the afternoon. Low 50s, smallest chance for a shower, better rain chances with a cold front late Monday and Tuesday. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. From the WKYT First Alert Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Chris Bailey. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation, this is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. This is a Morgan & Morgan consumer message. Millions of homeowners have a ticking time bomb under their sink, walls, and floors. Homes built before 1975 have cast iron pipes that are corroding putting your family at risk of water damage, disease-carrying rodents, and toxic air. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. More importantly, insurance companies are starting to rewrite their policies to exclude coverage of these damages. Call us, Morgan & Morgan, for the people.com. Offices Lexington. Tonight's the night you've been waiting for at the Lincoln Jamboree in Hodgenville. It's a Valentine's weekend impersonation spectacular. Jessica Merritt will star as Martina McBride, Jeannie Flanagan as Lulu Roman, Camille Bingham as Linda Ronstadt, Greg Tate as Garth Brooks and George Strait, Emily Portman as Loretta Lynn and Dolly Parton, Justin Cole as Merle Haggard, Keith Whitley and Josh Turner, plus impersonations of Dave and Sugar, Tony Orlando and Dawn, and Sonny and Cher. The Showstopper will feature Classy and Grassy, two brothers only 10 and 13 years old that will sound and dress like Flat and Scruggs, along with Jay Henderson and Joel Ray's Jamboree Gang. For tickets, call right now, 270-358-3545. That's 270-358-3545. Or get him tonight at the door. That's the Lincoln Jamboree, live on stage tonight at 7.30 in Hodgenville. Wow, what a show. 6.30 WLAP. Hank, let's talk about your daddy. Tell me how your mama loved that man. Well, just break out a bottle, hoss. I'll tell you about the drifting cowboy band We won't talk about the habits Just the music and the man That's all. Back on the Tom Dupree Show Who is that? That is Waylon uh, Jennings. Jennings and Hank Williams Jr. Yeah I've had, to play, I've had to play some Waylon this morning Because I love Waylon and and, and all my kiss madness, I forgot to pay tribute to Waylon a couple of days ago online. Yeah. So I'm trying to calm myself down. Bo, talk a little bit just quickly about your gig with Oscar Combs. You, you do that, and I got to listen to one of John's uh, uh, podcasts, and you've been working with Oscar for some time, haven't sure, you? Sure. Uh, over the last few years, we uh, decided to start a podcast. Well, Oscar decided, and he was uh, gracious enough to bring me along to help produce conversations with Oscar Combs and we started it three years ago and there are 101 episodes and well let me back up there are 99 episodes because he interviewed me uh for two episodes so those two episodes really don't count yeah. in the uh core group of UK players and personalities that Oscar um interviewed and it's everybody from Billy Ray Lickard, Kyle Macy, Jack Givens. And, uh, we also included our, uh, first guest, 
Michael Wong in uh, one of those uh, yeah. podcasts. John Wong. John Wong, excuse me, his brother Michael, a great photographer. And it was an absolute pleasure for me just to sit there and listen to all these legends and tell their story because what um, um, John mentioned was, you know, we're in the time of one and done, and it always seems like the focus is now on these one and done kids and especially my generation, maybe not my generation, but younger generations really don't know the full scope of Kentucky basketball. Yeah. And that's what our initial mission was, is to bring that story out. And when you listen to these podcasts, everybody's got a different path on how they came to Kentucky. Right. And it's a different story after Kentucky too. And it, it was an absolute blessing to sit there with Oscar and Listen yeah, to all these. You've done a good job. Thank with you. It. And we didn't ignore football as well. We we got everybody from Tim Couch, Marty Moore was on there too. Um, take a look at, take a listen to them. Oscarcombs.com is where they're at. Yeah. Just wanted to throw that in there because uh, I heard Bo's voice on there, and, uh-huh. and he he did it. He did a great job. And uh, also too, Reggie Warford. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to so. Just to wrap up that last segment, dividends are a large portion of the total return of the S&P right. 500, but you pair that with other metrics, um, dividend-paying stocks typically have lower volatility. Uh, when I say volatility, that's ups and downs. Yeah, They don't move as quickly. Uh, uh, and Really, volatility is they don't go down as much typically as sure. growth stocks. Um Looking back uh, from 1972, uh, this was a, uh, an interesting uh, study. Uh, I think it was done by Hartford, actually, Hartford Funds. Uh, but they uh, volatility from 1972 through 2018, uh, dividend-paying stocks had an average return of 8.78% and a standard deviation, which is how much it moves from the middle, midpoint. That's a measure of volatility of 16.37%. Compare that with dividend non-payers had an average return of 2.4% with a standard deviation of 24%. So it all had, over the place. All over the place. So the non-dividend paying stocks had a lower average return with more volatility really? than dividend paying stocks. Um, the, the highest return with the lowest standard deviation were dividend payers and growers. Uh, so the ones that are actually increasing, like an, like an Illinois tool works that can Costco. Yeah, Costco, uh, Old Republic, um, you know, the dividend aristocrats, you know, is yeah. what, what they're called. They have raised their dividends consistently. Uh, they actually had the best return with the lowest volatility. Um, couple reasons for that. Um, one is because of the dividend, that'll typically act as some sort of a, a safety net right. for it. So like if um, Illinois Tool Works, if the price goes down to a point where it's yielding 5%, you're probably going to have investors come in and buy it. Not a very good chance of that happening. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. But if, if something like that would happen, you're going to have people coming in buying it for that sure. dividend. So the, that would kind of prop the share price up. Um, it's with, with our clients, uh, actually I had this conversation yesterday with, with somebody. Um, we are talking about dividend growth uh, companies like an Illinois tool works versus some, we call that an income later. Uh, you're getting paid now, but you're expecting that cash flow to increase over time. And it's a balancing act between that and income now types of companies. Um, an income now would be like a REIT, a real estate investment trust, like a, a, a American Capital Agency. Higher current yield. High, higher current yield. Um, could they raise their dividend in the future? Sure, that, that's possible. But it's not going to be as consistent of an increase mm-hmm. as something like an ITW. But it it fits into our clients needs the higher current yield because they need a monthly income. So it's, it's pairing all of these different things together when we're putting it together for our clients to create a portfolio that meets their needs. Mm-hmm. That's what we're trying to do. Well, you, you, you know, you're starting to frame this Mike in a way that is 
Pretty interesting. So you've just given us two really good reasons why we should be investing in dividend stocks. The first being, over a long period of time, 40% of the return came from dividends. That's right. And now you're telling us that uh, dividend growth stocks have outperformed the market mm. over a long period of time. Right. So now you, I can see where you're going with this. And we've been in a period in the last decade where companies that don't pay dividends have actually been outperforming. Um, you know, if you own an index fund and it has Google, Facebook, Microsoft, now Microsoft pays a dividend, but some of these more techie types of companies, yes. they've been outperforming in the, for about the last decade. Um, it's interesting uh, to look at, you know, does that mean that growth is going to always grow like it has? Are people paying more for growth and paying less for dividends? Or what, what's the relationship? Because this has been a long period that has happened in the past, but it's not been common for growth to outperform value for such a long period. And if you look at the valuations, people are paying more for growth. It's because they expect the growth to pay them back at some point. It's, it's, it's about duration if you will yeah about trying to get when you're going to get your money back they think that the growth stock it, it's it's kind of a greater fool theory also yeah you know, mm -hmm. that uh somebody will be willing to pay more for it than they're paying right and they're not worried so much about a dividend as they are about growth of capital right um the one of the biggest challenges for investors is keeping your emotions in check yeah yeah Dividend paying stocks help do that right. um, because what we were just talking about, even in a period where the stock price may be down, you're still collecting a dividend. Right. Um, there's a, a lot of studies, but uh, one of the it's a, a, a it's called loss aversion, and what it means is it it hurts twice as much to lose a dollar than to gain a dollar. Yeah. Uh, so investors. You, you don't want to feel that pain of having uh, something go down. So a lot of people, they'll try to time the market. Mm -hmm. um, and they've, they've done studies. Even people that own uh, index funds, a low-cost index fund, you know, they can't even match the, the index's return because of their actions. They're selling at the wrong time, right. buying at the wrong time. So even though they own something that's supposed to mimic something, they're not mimicking what they're supposed right. to mimic. Um, and that has to do with the emotional part of it. Sure. Um, and dividend-paying stocks, they, they help mitigate that part of it. Um, it it's th this, this right here, I've seen these statistics before. Every time I, I see it, it blows my mind. Um, Speaking about speculation, trying to time the market, mm -hmm. if you look, Fidelity did a, a study from 1980 to 2018. Um, the study was, what if you just missed the best days in the market? You're fully invested, but just those best days, you were out of it. So if you were invested, uh, you invested $10,000 and you stayed in the full time, it would have turned into about 708000 If you missed just the best five trading days, it would only be worth four hundred and fifty-eight thousand. Gosh! So, from nineteen eighty to twenty eighteen, that's ten thousand days yeah. approximately. Uh -huh. If you missed, if you missed out on only five of the best of <laughs> the ten thousand days, that costs you almost fifty percent of your that's return. Right. Now, you take that to uh, ten days. The, the best 10 days, your, your value would only be 341000 mm -hmm. 30 days, only 135000 versus 708000 So it's... And this is starting with 10000 Starting yeah. with 10000 from 1980 yeah. through 2018. So when you're, you, you, you put that in perspective, when are these best returning days... Typically, it's during a period of market upheaval. Yeah, you know, so it, it, during this period, um, six of those best trading days occurred between the two thousand tech 
bust and the financial crisis. So from an emotional standpoint, it's so easy for people to say, I'm going to sell out here because the market's going to do this, and then I'll get back in and I'll be better off. But if you're off just a day, you know, it just – It's a big – It hurts. Because you don't know when the returns are going to come. You don't know when they're going to come. And owning dividend-paying stocks, it lets you stay in the game. You know, we wouldn't own any of the stocks in our portfolio if we didn't think eventually the price would go up in the stocks. That's right. Um, But our clients are getting paid a dividend while we wait for that. So we're able to stay in the game. We we get the So in a sense it doesn't matter if it goes up right away or not. Right. It could go down. It can go down. Um and but you're still getting paid that dividend and if it goes down, maybe it's an opportunity to add more stock. Right. Um but we we get that question a lot especially from people we're meeting with early on. How do you all react in times of you know market turbulence? Mm-hmm. And um, the answer is sometimes we do nothing. Right. <laughs> Honestly, um, we're not going to try to time it because the long term, the chances of making that timing spot on are, are, is are very low, slim to none. Let's take a break here. It is the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio six thirty WLAP. Real stories. The new coronavirus. The Taliban. Roger Stone. This Democratic primary. The end for Donald Trump. Happening in real time. Know what's going on. This is real life. Very real. This is News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. If you have your retirement savings in a 401k or 403b plan, your money is in a mutual fund more than likely. In a mutual fund, you invest with a group of people and you are affected by the group with which you invest. If they are withdrawing money while you're holding tight, your investment performance could be affected negatively. At the Prefinancial Group, we invest every account individually. That means each client owns his or her own group of securities, which is unaffected by the behavior of other investors. It is not a pooled account. For a free review of your retirement investment holdings, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and make a no-obligation appointment. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and dupreefinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show, going to finish up here on dividends and what they are. And you look at the current environment we're in, and say, well, you know, okay, Illinois Tool Works—they've done it for fifty years. What are the chances? You know, why? Why are these companies going to continue paying dividends? What's it look like in the current environment moving forward? It's pretty interesting, really. Um, right now, uh, because you look at rewind to the financial crisis companies started shoring up their balance sheets mm-hmm. paying down debt uh you know refinancing debt at low interest rates um shoring up the company uh not not unlike uh households were doing yeah. you know paying down debt um you know getting their cash reserves but companies right now have record levels of cash on their balance sheet. It's funny. It's just the opposite for the American consumer. They're fourteen trillion in debt, right? But but you look at the cash flow. I haven't seen a study here recently. Maybe, uh, but credit card debt. Yeah, credit card, student loans, yeah, cars, those things. Yeah, um, but from a cash flow perspective, um, you know, companies even if they have a higher amount of debt, yeah. Um, it's a lower cost debt currently. Right. Now they'll have to roll it at some point. That's right. Uh, so you have to be careful the type of company, type of debt. Yeah. Um, but um, with with the record of amounts of cash uh, that they have, and if you look at the current payout ratio, um, historically s- since 1930, the average dividend payout ratio, which is how much the company's paying out in dividends has been about 57%. Mm-hmm. That's been the average. 
currently the dividend payout ratio is about 40%. So it's lower. So so they're they have they're making more money not paying as much of it out. Not paying as much of it out and they have more cash available. Um so the prospect for these companies to continue paying c- continue raising their dividends is strong right now. Yeah. Um so it, it from from a, a standpoint of being prudent with retirement money, we think it's the best way to invest for retirement is with the dividend approach. Um, and even for somebody that's you know younger in their careers, in their 30s, 20s, 40s, um, it can be a good approach. Right. Uh, because historically, uh, dividend growth investing has beaten growth yeah. investing. Um, and so that's why we... we adhere so strongly to it um you know we're 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 a registered investment advisor so we can invest in anything out there you know we can invest in etfs mutual funds all these different things but we we choose to do because we have to put our clients interests ahead of our own we want to do what meets their needs right uh in the most uh prudent way um just because somebody's 30 years old doesn't mean that they have to be in the most volatile no uh investment you know because volatility doesn't necessarily mean higher return in the long run you can have something that has less volatility and potentially have better returns long term well you've got the compounding factor too when you're younger exactly instead of taking the dividends out in a form of a monthly um amount to pay bills Mm mm-hmm you can use that as a version of your growth as well by just rolling that back in to buying more stock or absolutely uh, and the compounding effect on those dividends can sometimes be as good or better um as a growth stock that's right it's a different Mm -hmm. version of growth and you know when i've been listening to you talking um over the past however long we've been on the air this morning one of the things i keep thinking of is when Tom first founded this company um, he he wanted in addition to being of service and being a fiduciary and all that he wanted to give people peace of mind mm-hmm. in retirement and you know there's no guarantee of peace of mind peace of mind is in the mind of the <laughs> but um, one of the things he he marveled one time when the market was doing a dipsy do and it was extremely volatile he looked at me and he said, I got to get down to the office. The phones are going to be ringing off the hook. I, you know, I got to help him man the phones. And he got down there and he looked at you, Mike, and he looked and he said, the phones are not ringing. What's going on? And Mike says, it means we've done our job. Yeah, that's right. We've, we have explained, we've educated, we've got, we've empowered so that the customer doesn't feel ill at ease in how they're invested or the fact that they're still going to get their dividend check to pay the utilities and whatever else expenses they have. Um, so that was kind of evidence to Tom and to me that the platform mm-hmm. was, was working as it was designed. It, it's all about cash flow in your working years and especially in your retirement years meet with someone yesterday and they're getting close to retirement and they were uh, they'll have a mortgage and different things um and they were talking about you know just on the uh the mortgage they do a 15 year 30 year how should they consider it and tom this is something you know you've talked about you know over and over and over again it's all about cash flow right so you know, talking to him, say, you know, when you retire, it's all about that what's coming in versus what's going out on a monthly yep. basis. You know, you do a 30 year stretch it out, stretch it out. If you want to pay it off sooner, that's fine. There's right. no pe- penalty to do so, but it's about cash flow. And it's, it's about that. And it, all these, all these factors, they go together. You know, we invest in companies that generate cash flow yeah. from an investment standpoint. And they generate cash flow for our clients in for in form of a dividend. And they're usually something you can understand. Exactly. A business you can get your arms around. Yeah. So so there's something y'all you're teaching me. 
today. So the first thing I've learned is the best way to time the market is stay in the market. Yeah. Get in and stay in. Yep. Period. Mm-hmm. Remove the emotion. So I was raised in the investment business. My father was a broker for 40, I think, seven years upon his yep. death. Thompson McKinnon. Thompson McKinnon, E.F. Hutton. Yep. I think it became Prudential, which is Wells Fargo today. He was an old-timer. He was an old-timer. But anyhow, he never talked K-U. about. He, yeah, KU. He loved utilities, old yep. companies. You know, He never talked about growth stocks. Hmm. He talked about companies making money. Yeah. And you bought stock in a company making money to get a return on your investment and they paid you a dividend. He right. talked mm-hmm. about it all the time. And this is I wanted to share something because I thought it was real when I was reading about this, I thought about this guy named his name is Guy Spear. I don't know if y'all know who he is, but he was an investment banker on Wall Street who was sick and tired of all the corruption and people selling their souls. He paid six hundred and fifty thousand dollars to have lunch with Warren Buffett. Really? Six hundred and fifty charity lunch. Spend an hour with him to learn what Buffett is about. And we all know what Buffett's about. He's a value investor. Yeah. So he's written this book, The Education of the Value Investor. And it's what we've been talking about today. So here's what he learned from that lunch. There was three things. Number one, if a business forces you to throw your models out the window, leave it. Yeah. Mm. Love that. Mm-hmm. Number two, investing doesn't stop at money. You invest in people Two, something we do at pre-Elizabeth just eloquently talked about that. Mm-hmm. We educate, guide, we empower. But number three, financial crises are great opportunities for value investors, That's right. which is what you all taught me today. Stay in for the long run. Mm. Remove the emotion. And buy when it's cheap. And buy when it's cheap. There you have it. Appreciate you listening today. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Guy Huglet and Mike Johnson talking about dividend investing. Um, if you want to talk to us, call us at 233-0400, DupreeFinancial.com. Everybody have a good day. It's News Radio 630 WAP.